Hello and welcome to the Harris Family Temporary Podcast. I'm Brennan. And I'm Susie. And today we're going to continue our discussion uh, that we had last episode. We kind of talked about you being pregnant with Maggie. Mm-hmm. And then worked our way through the pregnancy. But we didn't get to the actual delivery. Yeah, labor and delivery. Right. So, Susie. (laughs) Yes. How was pushing a baby out of your body? Oh. Um, you know, not as bad as people say it is. At least for me, it wasn't as bad as people say it is. But can I back up a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Start with, um... I had been having practice labor, like full-on contractions. I guess they weren't contractions because it was an actual labor, Braxton Hicks or whatever, for about two or three weeks before I actually had her, right? You don't feel like that's an exaggeration, right? For how long? Like two or three weeks. Oh, I would say more than that. Really? Because you were having contractions, like, sporadically at, like, six months. Okay, yeah, I would have Braxton Hicks, like, through the whole pregnancy, but they started to be, like, timeable and having false labor, false labor two to three weeks before. Like, I could time it every five minutes or whatever. Mm -hmm. But everybody said, like, you'll know when you're in labor, so I just kept ignoring it. And was there ever a time that you thought, like, maybe she doesn't know what she's doing? (laughs) Like, maybe we should go into the hospital? Did you ever feel that way? No. There was never a... What's that called? Like a false start or like a false alarm? We didn't have any of those. Like, we went into the hospital when you said, here comes the baby. Right, but did you ever feel like, maybe I wouldn't know? Were you ever nervous about that? No. I don't feel like I really was either. Anyway, shall we skip to the day of? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, my... Um, mom was really, like, we were approaching the due date, which was... May 1st. May 1st. And it was, like, April 29th or 30th? 29th. And my mom was like, hey, just send me a text when the baby, like, when Susie starts feeling like the baby's coming, like, we'll come and we'll be there for you guys or whatever. And I texted back that night. No, that morning. That morning I was like okay, well, we're not even really close, so don't hold your breath because it's Mm -hmm. not looking like it's coming for a while. Yeah. Well, they had stripped my membranes earlier that week, and I'd had, like, practice labor, like, contractions every five to ten minutes, some even closer to, like, three minutes for a few days in a row, but they'd all stopped, like, that Sunday morning, April 29th. Mm -hmm. And so you and I were like, well, I guess we're going to be not parents for a little while longer. So April 29th, two days before... The due date. Mm-hmm. You start having contractions that are a lot more serious. Well, I started having contractions that we were like, okay, these seem like a little bit more intense. Mm-hmm. But I was like, it's probably not the real thing. You go to bed. Yeah. Which was good. <laughs> so I sent Brennan to bed and then I decided I'm going to try and lay down too after I take like a hot shower and relax. And I'm woken up at 3 a.m. So I guess technically April 30th at that point. And I was like, whoa, these feel a little bit more ouchy than before. Still not, like, super painful like everyone describes, but... But when I actually woke up at 3 a.m., I just woke you, and I was like, I need you to take me to the hospital. Yeah. I knew, and that's what they say, like, 
you'll know when you're in labor, and that's true. There's a definite difference, so. Hmm. And expecting moms, there's the one rare case where, like, the, the baby comes in two seconds, but mm-hmm. you'll know. It's different. Anyway, yeah. so I woke Brian up, and I was, like, taking him to the hospital. And you'd packed up all of the stuff you yeah, needed? Yeah, in and... between contractions, I'd packed. <laughs> While I slept. <laughs> While Brian slept. I figured one of us should be well-rested, well and I was up anyway, so. Yeah, so we drove, it was like 3 in the morning, 3.30, mm-hmm. and we drove through streets to the hospital, like city streets here in Idaho Falls. Totally from like empty. downtown over to Ammon, and yeah, there were, we saw no one on the road, that was so funny. And we were just excited in the car, here comes the baby. We got checked in, um, and then you labored down for quite a while, right? Yeah, I was already five centimeters when we got to the hospital and like 80% effaced. Which for those of you who don't know, the cervix, like the muscle that let the baby come out, um, it has to dilate, so get wider and wider. It goes from zero centimeters, how a cervix normally is, all the way to 10 centimeters is you're ready to push. But it also needs to efface, which means like the thickness of the muscle almost. It goes from 0% to 100%, which 100% is like paper thin. So I was already like 80% effaced and at 5 when I went to the hospital, so like, yeah, you're definitely in labor. But then, yeah, I just kind of labored for a while. We had a nurse who was training, which was awesome because I feel like she was extra attentive to me. And I just like took a shower. Um, one of the funny things was that like you and I had to practice like some positions during labor to like ease my pain or whatever. What was that experience like for you? The one we practiced was like I would hook my elbows kind of up under your armpits, right? And uh-huh. kind of hold you up because they said that would like relieve pressure on your back or whatever. So I go to do that. I like, you know, hook my elbows up under your arm and I barely lift. And you're like, no, 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 no. Stop. Don't touch me like that. So I just set you back down on the bed and the nurse tried to do another one that we'd looked at which was like counter pressure through your feet or Mm -hmm. your knees or something where like the lady holds her knees up kind of close to her head like in a fetal position and then someone just like pushes on the thigh Mm -hmm. and like scrunches the knees closer to her head like pushes her legs back into herself and two different nurses tried that on me (laughs) and you were not having it i was like do not touch me (laughs) so that was funny so that just it just hurt way more i'm guessing yeah, I, it was uncomfortable they or... tell you when you're, so I was doing natural labor for a while, and they tell you there's all these positions to help with pressure and things. It turns out I'm just kind of a lone wolf when it comes to that. I did not want to be touched. I did not want to be really, like, talked to as it got more intense. Mm-hmm. I'd let you hold my hand sometimes, and I would squeeze it through the worst of the contractions, but I just was like, put me in the shower and leave me alone. And they did. <laughs> I did that for a while. <laughs> and then they were like, do you want an epidural? And I was like, yeah, because I'd been awake all night at that point, and I still knew I had to push. And for you, that was more the issue, right? It wasn't as much about the pain as yeah. being able to have a break and rest. Right. I just needed the rest. I could tell things were getting more intense, and I needed a break because I'd been in labor all night. Mm-hmm. And I was exhausted. So they gave me a very light epidural, which everybody should know their options. There's nothing wrong with going natural. There's nothing wrong with getting fully medicated, I kind of went in the middle of the road, but just know your options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you do if it were you, Brennan? Mm, with, like, the pain management? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I've had experiences with opiates before, and they've been really positive. So I would go <laughs> as much as they're legally allowed to give me. I'd say crank that dial up. So to... Brandon would get an epidural where he couldn't feel anything the entire time. And oh, yeah. would just have the nurses tell him when to push. Yeah, plus I wasn't that way. any additional things they could give me just to <laughs> buzz me out. Brandon doesn't want to be able to remember these things. <laughs> No, I wasn't that way. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like um, seven or almost eight centimeters when they gave me an epidural. And the anesthesiologist, I mean, I'm sure he tells this joke 20 times a day, but he said something like, oh, yeah. No, I said, um, now you know what you're doing, right? Because this is a big deal. They're sticking a giant needle in my back. So I was just making sure. I was like, you know what you're doing, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I watched a YouTube video before I came in here, <laughs> which is, you know, a total dad joke, but. It made us laugh. Yeah. But we were kind of grasping for a reason to laugh because it was starting to get a little intense. Mm-hmm. At that point, or even maybe before then, they strap like the monitors on you. It's just the baby's heart rate and then they can track your contractions. Ah, that's right. The Not how strong they are, but just when the they're frequency. happening. Yeah. You started pushing. There was a nurse they brought in to just watch those graphs like mm-hmm. full time. And the... It got to a point where your labor progressed, the baby had moved far enough that that nurse like jumped in and was like, hold, hold, hold on, like we need to like move the sensors down with the baby because I'm starting to lose its mm-hmm. the read on all of its uh, heart rate stuff. So Right. And as the baby descends, there's always more risk too. With those graphs, you can see things like cord compression and um, like placental insufficiency or basically like the flow of oxygen and nutrients if it's not enough. And so all of that becomes more of a risk as the baby starts to descend. And so, again, they watch that. But I don't know if you know this. They actually have those monitors out, like the nurse's station, too. Mm. So they were no, probably no. watching us remotely the entire mm. time. Mm-hmm. They just come in to check with you to make sure. Mm. I did like it. It was kind of a hands-off hospital. We, like, didn't have nurses in there super often, which was, for me, better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I so everybody knows, like, if you're listening to this near Idaho Falls, we were at Mountain View Hospital in Idaho Falls, and it was really nice. It was very nice. We worked with the midwives. Um, anyway, we really got sidetracked there. So I have this epidural. I can still feel my contractions, but they feel more like, if you're a woman, kind of like bad menstrual cramps instead of them being like, I can't speak through them. If you're a man, it feels kind of like you're going to have bad diarrhea. I think that's the best way I can describe it. So you could just say, if you're a human, it feels like bad diarrhea. No, because I feel like there's a difference between yeah. the two. So if you are a woman, I feel like you can sympathize a little bit more about what I was actually feeling. Huh. That's closer to the actual. But diarrhea is the second closest I can think of. Okay. So for a man, maybe the closer thing would be like getting kicked in the nuts or your wiener tugged on or something. But well, you just don't know what that feels I, yeah, like. I, so. I am a woman. I don't have those body parts, so I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, so my epidural at that point is just strong enough to kind of take off the edge, and we kind of relaxed. I ate some jello and breathed through the worst of the contractions, and then came time to push. Or what? Didn't they have. I had problems dilating at the very end. Oh, they had to break my water. So they broke my water at like a nine, and then. Well, and the nurse midwife said, We don't have to do this, but there's just no point to not do it. Yeah. She was like, there's no risk, and it'll speed things along. Yeah. And she was, like, busy that night. Like, we were in there, and we heard some, like, a lot of screaming. and There were a lot of ladies going natural <laughs> yeah. next to us that were not quite as calm and quiet as yeah. our room. 
like screaming bloody murder. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Midwife was in a little bit of a rush, but she's a great lady. I really liked her. And she just said like, this isn't going to be risky at this point since you're so far along. It's just going to speed things up. So I said, go for it. They broke my water. I was really disappointed because I thought that would be cooler than it was. And then long story short, I was able to dilate to a 10, totally effaced. And they're like, it's time to push. And I was like, are you serious? I was like, what if I need a break? And they were like, no, you have to start pushing right now and you can't stop and yeah. take a break. <laughs> I'm not ready to become a mother. <laughs> but ready or not, here she comes. And then that part was just like really formulaic. It was like push 10 times, breathe, take 10 count, break, repeat kind of thing. Like, See, it feels that way to you though because you're watching from the outside perspective. Right. Whereas as a person experiencing it it was every time I had a contraction I had the urge to push so to me it didn't feel timed at all Mm. and they told me like push as many times as you feel like you need to Mm -hmm. in the very beginning I didn't feel a super strong urge to push but I'm pretty sure my epidural totally worn off by the end because I felt everything I don't want to go into details about that but (laughs) I don't want to scare anyone did it hurt? um just like uh... This is so awful to say, but it kind of, to me, there's tons of pressure. And then like, as I was doing one of the final pushes, like you're getting the head all the way out. That felt like my pelvis was being ripped into two pieces. And then I had just a little bit of burning too, because I had a small tear. Mm. So a little bit burning down there. And then just like tons of pressure and like the bones felt like you're breaking yeah (laughs) but it was all very very quick and like so the painful part it was a lot of intense pain but fast and then as soon as I got her head out and you know I had just her head out then there was a ton of relief and then I did one final push and again that was like really it hurt and then as soon as I had her out it was like I felt totally fine Mm. like no pain and then I felt the placenta come out and that burned just a little bit probably as it came past my tear and so for my end, you know, they hand me the baby, I check, make sure it's a girl. I'm like, wow, she's really cute. I didn't have a super emotional response or anything. But Brennan had actually a more interesting experience in that regard. Mm-hmm. So I, like, I was surprised how much the intensity of the entire experience, like, ramped up as you got close to the... Um, the actual like delivery and like the final pushes because up to that point everything had been like everyone was like okay everything looks normal we're this is all under control basically like the you know like when they gave you the epidural they were like okay you should feel this you felt that you should feel something like you know a little numbness and then it should feel warm and all of those things happen like normal and then even with like the interventions by the midwife like when she cut your broke my water yeah broke your water she was like okay you know this should you know within like 20 or 30 minutes you should start to have a lot stronger contraction that's exactly what happened Mm -hmm. but then like once it got to like okay we can see like the hair on the top of the baby's head and stuff then like more people started coming into the room like Mm -hmm. two or three additional folks that i hadn't seen before and like everyone was like kind of waiting intently on the nurse, mm-hmm. the midwife's, like, recommendations for what they should be doing and stuff, so. And I was... started to get a little more, like, 
I joked the whole time I was pretty happy and easygoing. Right. But there at the end, it was like... Animal. You were starting to be lost in a different world. Like, you would push, and then when you were done pushing, you'd just be like... Uh, and like your eyes were kind of glazed over and I was like whoa so I was like still kind of talking to at that point and I was like holy cow Susie like I can see like the baby's hair and they actually had you like reach down and feel the and what was weird to me too is like you watch the baby progress like a train along train tracks like you can watch the position of the baby relative to like where you're like like vagina and knees and everything were like mm-hmm. I could see the baby moving closer and closer like mm-hmm. getting pushed out which was interesting I thought you'd just like see the baby's head pop out once it got I didn't know you'd like be able to see inside it's like your two body steps and, like, forward one that. step back exactly you push a little bit and come out a little bit and then it yeah. goes back though uh-huh. anyway. and it was like you get the impression that there's like pressure behind this baby like which there is but like Tons of it's really like you know like a like a bead stuck in a straw that you're trying to push out, you know, like you watch it slowly mm-hmm. move out. And uh, so anyway, like the, you pushed and pushed. And then I saw like the baby's head was like, we were like the crowning phase, I guess they call it. Mm-hmm. And I saw like a little, like the dome of its head, I thought. And I was like, holy cow, here comes like the baby's head, like one more push and the baby's coming out of here. What I didn't realize was that was just as big as the opening at the end of your vagina had gotten to let the baby out at that point. Mm -hmm. So what I was really seeing was a very small part of the baby's head that did not follow the curvature of the Mm -hmm. baby's overall head. It was just like... Well, the baby's head's so flexible too that you just kind of, it kind of like bubbles up. Exactly. It's like if you took a, like a a filled up water balloon and stuck a rubber band on the end, Mm -hmm. like you'd have like the kind of curvature of the balloon, but then you'd have this little like bump. Yep around the so then there was more pushing and like the baby like the nurse was like pushing on your skin around the um baby's head and then after like some more put like i thought we were really close but it was a little while after that you kept pushing and she kept pushing back on you Mm -hmm. and then the baby's head popped out and by that point like i was already starting to get emotional like really excited like i was you know like Susie, it's like, here comes the baby, mm-hmm. here comes the baby. And you were, I don't know if you heard much of that. But no, like, I don't remember any of that. I was like, Susie, yes, like, we're almost there, whatever. And I was starting to get kind of teary-eyed and, like, really emotional. And then the baby's head popped out. And her head was angled in a way that I was, like, looking right at her little face. But, like, her whole body was still inside you. So she was, like, she had, like, a a suit on. And, like, <laughs> your body was her suit. And it was just, like, her head sticking out. And so she, you know, her eyes were closed, obviously, and her face was a little swollen, but she was, like, looking right at me, and I started to just, like, oh, my gosh, like, freak out, you know, crying, and then you did, like, one or two more pushes, and, like, her whole body came out, and by that time... It was just one more. I remember them, that's the thing I do remember is they, I got the head out, and they said, one more push, Susie, Mm -hmm. and I was like, good, that's all I have left in me. And at that point, the nurse midwife could kind of hook her two fingers under the baby's chin, like, where her Mm -hmm. neck was, and pull it out, so then I didn't, like, sit there and watch the baby come all the way out. I kind of moved back to where your head was, because it looked like everything was going okay, and so the, she scooped the baby out, and I kind of looked down at her, she held the baby up. And she was, like, looking at you to 
be like, here's your baby, and you were, like, your eyes were, like, rolled back in your head. You were, I was like, just, like, so relieved that it was over. <laughs> you were like, ooh. And so she, like, looks at you, but you're not looking at her, so she's just like, okay, whatever. And she just, like, plops the baby down on you. And so the baby was, like, just, it was like if you had a dead baby doll. Like, it just was floppy, and, like, however the nurse moved it was how the baby moved. Like, the baby mm-hmm. wasn't moving or breathing or anything. So she plopped the baby down on you, and I was still... She did it in a way that, like, the baby's face was still facing me, mm-hmm. and I watched her take, like, her first breath. Like, in like it was, like, time slowed. I, like, watched... I can remember, Because it like, was really fast. She, like... Yeah, it was, like, within maybe two or three seconds yeah. of, like, coming out of you. She just set her on your belly, and it was, like, that contact, like, turned the baby on, kind of. Mm-hmm. And I, like, remember seeing, like, the details of, like, her head kind of jiggle... And, like, taking the first breath in, which just happens out of nowhere, kind of. And then, like, instead of breathing out, she, like, kept breathing in. Like, she was, like, filling her lungs up with air. It was super interesting. And, like, by this point, like, I just felt, I don't know, it was, like, it was a strong, primal feeling, you know, of, like, I was, like, bawling like a little bitch. And the baby was crying and perfect I don't know like I just felt super good even though it was like really intense I never felt scared I just felt really happy I mean like it seemed like everybody there in the room knew exactly what they were doing and mm-hmm. I just felt and then for a while like for a couple minutes after that I was just like bawling it was longer than that because I didn't even realize you were crying until so they gave her to me and I was holding her against me and then, um, after holding her for a few minutes, they asked if they could take her and get her cleaned off and do a quick assessment. And so I handed her off to them. They got her cleaned up. They handed her back to Brennan. And I, that's the first time I looked at Brennan, like that whole experience. And that had to be, well, I think I actually looked at my phone and it was like five or six minutes after she was born. Mm. And that was the first time Brennan held her and he was still crying. And I was like, oh, I hadn't looked at him through that whole, and it was just weird to see. I have never seen Brennan cry. Mm-hmm. He's not like that. So, and he was like not just teary eyed, like weeping. <laughs> and I just watched him hold our little baby, and I was like, what? I was still so just like, <laughs> like out of it. Well, then once you and me like had that moment of like reconnecting. Because mm-hmm. it was all like our attention was getting shifted around and around, and like mm-hmm. I kind of got crowded out from where you were mm-hmm. to like go watch the baby, and like nurses were. Well, I think to I told you like go with the baby. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so once we came back, and you like looked at me, you were just like you looked tired, but you were like composed, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm over here like <laughs> losing it, and then I felt like weird at that, like I was like embarrassed, you know. Before then, I didn't care, like I was. Yeah. I was I felt like I was totally out of control of myself. But then we both got like you know, I got recomposed and and then it was like it just like calms right down. Like once the baby's like they've measured it and everything's good, like mm-hmm. the baby cried a little bit, but it was mostly just calm and then we spent another day or two in the hospital and mm-hmm. it was just pretty chill. Yeah. I mean, it was rainy. I feel like the weather that day was very much how it actually was because it was like a rainy, cold spring night, kind of stormy, and then um, raining that whole morning. And then right after she was born, I think it was 
pretty sunny actually. It was just calm and like quiet outside and kind of like quiet spring morning. And this is exactly how it was. So she gave me a day before her due date. Seven pounds, nine ounces, 20 inches long. And we were just excited to meet her. Mm -hmm. Just very, very pretty newborn. Oh, yeah. Because everything had pretty much gone off without a, hit, a hitch, and I'd only been in active labor for about nine hours. So she didn't look too swollen. She didn't have any bruises or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of amazing how pretty she was. I'm sure skewed by us. She's perfect. Yeah, everything just went really well. And yeah, that that was the thing that like surprised me is like I've heard a lot of different things and it was surprisingly it was a surprisingly calm mm -hmm. and I don't want to say easy experience, but kind of like you didn't and this is probably just because you're hardcore, but like you didn't seem really to be even in pain at any point in that process. It wasn't bad. Like I said, I mean, I did have an epidural, so I don't want to downplay anybody else's experience. But for me, it wasn't. It was not bad. Yeah. So, hope you enjoyed this episode talking about Maggie's birth story. <laughs>